we'll do that. Um, yes. All right. So, all right, everyone, welcome back to the Manny Bernabe Show. We are live with a very special guest, Charlotte Fuller, who is going to be talking today about selling digital transformation. We are live. The benefit of that is that you get to ask your questions and you get to participate in the conversation. So I definitely encourage you to do that in the chat. The downside is that sometimes we have some technical technical difficulties as we've had uh, earlier today. Uh, but hey, you know, net net, I think it's it's fun to, to get the interaction. So with that, Charlotte, welcome to the show. And if you wouldn't mind briefly saying hi to everybody and introducing yourself. Yeah, sure, of course. Hi, I'm hi, Manin again. Um, so my name is Jessica. Um, uh, by trade, a digital transformation consultant. So I that means I predominantly work with um, industrial type companies, so manufacturing companies, engineering companies, and, and a lot more now in the renewable energy space around um, finding and driving use cases for digital transformation across the organization and doing so in a way that really, um, you know, looks to define and add value um, and really realize that return on investment. I'm also the founder of the Digital Transformation Sales School. So this is the, an online program that basically teaches other people to do what I do. <laughs> um, so there we are, that's, that's me. Awesome. Charlotte, thanks for coming on the show. I think, you know, I, 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 I left the uh, Kickstarter conversation with thinking about why digital transformation even needs selling at all. I think, you know, you know, my younger self, I was a little bit more naive. I thought digital transformation was just about technology and project management. Now I'm a little bit wiser. I know better. I know that if you're an innovation manager within a large organization, yes, you need to be familiar with the technology and and the change management but also you need to think about how you're going to be persuading your executives to give you budget you need to uh, think about how you're going to be selling these projects to the to the business unit managers that have to take away time from hitting their their quarterly metrics to give you resources and information to get your digital transformation project up and running you have to convince the frontline operators and employees to give you some time and their attention and, th yeah. and that your digital transformation isn't just some sort of science project that the company's going to forget about in two months. So I feel like now I'm, I'm much more appreciative of selling uh, digital transformation. Can you talk a little bit about that? Why digital transformation even needs selling at all? Yeah. Um, so I think it's really interesting, actually, you touched on something, even as you were speaking there, Manny, you know, I think you mentioned if, you know, you're an innovation manager or someone in a similar position in an organization, selling your your vision, right? Well, that's the, the sort of point. It has to be everyone's vision, first of all. So we need to kind of change that way of thinking. Um, and I think going back to why we need to sell digital transformation, I think we need to think about, um, well, why do we need to do digital transformation in the first place? And always taking it a step back from what we're doing and thinking about, about things a little bit more um, strategically and saying, okay, well, what are really the needs of this organization, you know, and thinking about it from that perspective, um, from very much a, a high level perspective in terms of, well, where does this organization want to go in the future and what are their corporate goals? Um, as an innovation manager, what we need to be doing is tying everything we do back to that. Okay. Um, so that's, that's the first thing that's really important. So 
if we are wanting, say, say we are trying to do something from an innovation perspective for our, from our own agenda, firstly, you know, as you mentioned, we need to be getting buy-in from stakeholders from the top depending on where you sit in the organization. So you really do need to be selling the benefits of tied to what do they want, right? And, and we'll, we'll potentially dive into this a little bit more, but always putting ourselves in the situation of whoever it is that we are trying to convince, okay? So firstly, why do we want to do digital transformation from um, a top-down perspective? We need to be um, aware of that from an organizational perspective. But then also as well, you know, I think often um, as people who are very familiar with, with different technologies, we think, of course, it's obvious that you would want to drive digital transformation and become more digital in an organization. But we have to be thinking about how other people think. So we've already mentioned from a top-down perspective, we need to be tying it to corporate goals. But from more of a bottom-up perspective, when we're looking at different people in the organization, Technology um, has lots of different meanings to lots of different people, and um, it can be a very scary concept. Um, and even if you know we we get the bit right where we are selling um, the vision for digital transformation up in an organisation, it won't be successful unless the people who are actually doing the work in the bottom really are bought into the solution as well. So. If you don't get both parts right, you will end up trying to do digital transformation to people and it, you just won't get very far. You'll get a lot of, um, well, it'll be very uncomfortable, <laughs> first of all, trying to um, get anything through, but also you'll get you know, a lot of pushback, um, a lot of failed attempts at um, technology deployment in the organization. Those are great points. Um, Charlotte, you, you talked about having a shared vision. Do you have any yeah. techniques or methods by make, uh, in terms of getting at that shared vision? Because I know that can be very hard because sometimes it's one innovation leader that has sort of this idea of where they want to go and they just want to drive change throughout the organization. Sometimes it's an executive that has a vision and wants to drive change. But I think, yeah, you're right. The best, the best implementation starts with a vision that everybody can relate to and feels empowered and energized by. Do you, how do you think about getting at that shared vision? Yeah. So the way that we usually go around um, or about doing that um, is by bringing in different stakeholders at different levels of the organization into workshops um, and co-creating a vision together. Um, what that will allow you to do is get a shared understanding of, of what the main problems are across the organization that you're trying to solve with technology. So not just what you think should be done, but what actually needs to be done, um, both from a, you know, a leadership perspective and, and on the ground, um, to make sure, firstly, you're gonna be solving the right problems with the vision that you have, um, but then also you know, creating, like I said, that buy-in from different levels of the organization um, and co-creating that vision. What you can then do is um, use these workshops to create sort of very, um, very sort of um, like significant use cases um, that you know are going to drive tangible value in the organization because you've already checked <laughs> with the right people. Um, but then also you've got then a bunch of digital ambassadors potentially um, that are already bought in and talking about your solution in their different areas, which is super important. 
I, I I really like that. Um, I think you're right. The the best projects that I've had are 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 when at the very beginning I have buy in from uh, managers and front level employees where they're mm -hmm. backing me on my project where they're saying like, yeah, we have to do this with Manny and company because it's going to make my life easier. And Manny's taking the time to understand my problems. And he showed, he has showed me how this new technology is mm -hmm. going to help us and, and, and help me do my job a little bit better. And when yeah. I have those folks standing behind me uh, and, and asking for budget and asking for a project, it just makes a world of difference. And I guess yeah. to your point, it starts with making sure that you're involving those folks early and, and and getting them involved in a, in a workshop type of fashion. Now, do, do you, when you're, is there any, any particular way you go about these workshops? Cause I think that can be somewhat difficult when you're, when you have different types, different levels of, of, of folks within the organization mm -hmm. and, and getting everybody in the same room. Is there like a, a secret sauce that you can share with us in terms of having, making sure you have a great workshop for these folks? Yeah. I mean, there's a few different things, you know, I, I use, um, I always use firstly design thinking methods to like run the workshops effectively, right? So it's just like fun, right? right. The first thing we have to do is like make these, these things like interesting for people to get involved in, right? The first thing, as soon as you mention workshop, like in an organization, you'll get, oh God, like I'm gonna have to take time out of my day. Like I've got stuff going on. Like people don't wanna be part of it, right? So. Right realize that like you've got to make these things like actually engaging for people first of all before you do anything else then um once once you've got people actually in a room or on an online environment whatever both work very well you need to be thinking about like you said the different types of stakeholders that you have and making sure that you are giving everyone the chance to bring their ideas forward. So for example, what often happens, especially it depends on obviously the, the sort of culture in the organization, but if you've got strong leadership figures, for example, people might not always want to speak up about what is actually happening in, in the organization, what the problems are. Um, and so how you manage that is, um, well, there's a few different ways, but the way I like to manage that is to um, just make sure, for example, that I am asking leadership to feedback list. Um, so getting all the of all the different people and then sort of then having leadership come forward with their views, for example. Um, those are a couple of things that I, de I tend, tend to think about. Um, we can go into any specific methods. No, I I think that's a great tip. I um um, you know, I feel like uh, the craft of a workshop is a very underappreciated skill. Like it's something that I've invested a lot in in the last two years as I've started my own consulting business. Because mm -hmm. you're right, when people hear workshop, it's like, oh, not this again. And yeah. <laughs> but they're 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 absolutely critical if you want a high impact, fast, mm -hmm. um, collaborative way to get information from different pools of the organization in a, an efficient yeah. way, the workshop is a way to do it. Now there is a, 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 I think there is a fun way to do it to your point that's engaging and that's interactive. And, and, um, and even, even if it's remote based, we've done that in Miro and, and uh, yeah. the technology part, but then also how you structure things, the questions, the exercises, how you rank things, how you ask people to stay silent and write mm -hmm. things down and put them on the board, try to minimize, the the um the effect that leadership has sometimes and squashing mm -hmm. some of the thoughts from some from the frontline folks uh 
like there is a lot of science and technique technique that goes into it and and when you have a great workshop experience you feel it and when you have a subpar workshop experience you also kind of uh, know that yeah. as well yeah you absolutely do and i think um a couple of things is you know from um from a methods perspective from a an angle, like how do you structure the workshops effectively you know that that is it there's a there's a process behind it isn't there money you know you have to really think you want to get out of those workshops and then take it back and really think about the activities that are going to get you there um but from an instructor perspective i mean it's almost performative in a way you know you are driving you're on stage for a period of time and you're really like um you know driving all of the different people in the room to make sure that you really are getting everything that you need out of that workshop for the organization to make sure it's successful and like you say when done well incredibly successful um when fallen flat also the opposite you know <laughs> so you have to be careful with it right um charlotte earlier you you talked about selling a, a vision to uh, executives versus selling a vision to frontline employees people that are going to be carrying out i'm wondering if you could talk a little bit more about that w what have been what have been some of the differences that you've seen in that approach do you have to put together two different types of decks two different types of communication uh packages um how do you differentiate between between those two types of positioning yeah, I think um, we, you know, the thing that I'll always do is say, go back to the wants and needs of the person that you are aiming to um, to communicate with. Um, so when I'm thinking about an executive presentation, I'm really thinking about, well, what do I want as an executive in this organization, right? What, what you know, is it, is it, where is this organization going and what do I care about? What are the goals that I need to meet here? And this is definitely more around um, the financial benefits of technology transformation. You know, what are the operational savings that I can make, efficiency savings? What are the revenue generation opportunities and what is the return on investment? So from a leadership perspective, ROI is always going to be a huge uh, driver of a conversation as it should be, right? Um, we never want to be doing technology for technology's sake. We want to be doing it because it is going to move us forward um, towards a common goal. Um, from a um, sort of more of a bottom-up perspective, when we're talking to other people in the organization, you know, what I really want to be thinking about is less around sort of the financial, necessarily the financial benefits of it. You know, you might want to touch on it if people are interested, but really about like how is life going to be different? for you after this in a positive way. You know, how will this make your world better? You know, um, firstly, you know, you might wanna be touching on the wider benefits to the organization. Like how is this globally gonna drive us forward as an organization? But then also on a personal perspective as well, on a day-to-day -day basis, your life will be better because of X, Y, and Z you will spend, what do people really want, right? Well, they want to spend less time doing um, things they don't like doing. Right. They want to feel more confident, generally. They want to feel happier. They want to not spend extra hours in the office and go home and spend time with their friends and family. You know, like, these are the sorts of things that we want to be selling to people. And um, so whenever I think about selling technology, I always think about 
doing it in the following way. Okay, what's the problem that someone is having currently? What is the solution that I am providing um, from a technology perspective? And how will life look after that solution, right? And that's the story that you need to be telling, okay? And that's what will really help um, shape change in someone's mind um, and really kind of start to create that, that cultural change uh, for you. In terms of um, how you actually kind of communicate that across the organization, I mean, it depends on what channels you have available, but certainly, um, you want to be driving um, and talking about it all of the time, right? It, it's like almost you'll sound like a broken record, but for good reason, because we have to hear people, hear things as human beings so many times before they even sink in, right? So what we're thinking about doing when we're talking about digital transformation and cultural change towards digital transformation in an organization, because that's what digital innovator, innovators have, right? And successfully, um, successful digital trans, digitally transformed companies or companies that are well on the way to doing that, they have a, a culture of digital transformation. And all a culture is, is just a way of thinking. Um, and it's thinking about sort of digital first. Now, so, so that goes to the point, well, how do you change someone's belief system and way of thinking? And a belief is simply just a thought that we've thought so many times that it becomes ingrained uh, as a belief. So what we need to do then is drive new thoughts enough times that they then become beliefs in an organization. And that is a way of driving thought and culture change. I really like those points. Um, I in particular, the, um, the point around selling to frontline employees and operators around the problem solution and how life is going to be better after you implement the solution. I think for a lot of technologists, the focus is too much on the solution. So let me just build something and get it out there for you. And yeah. a lot less time on really understanding the problem and a lot less time on painting the, the, the benefit that's going to come to the end user. And I've seen yeah. that uh, lead me down to, um, some 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 problematic uh, paths paths in the past, uh, in particular for AI and machine learning. I'll tell you that's the case because as a data scientist, I come in and I say, "Oh, you must need like a deep learning neural net model to fix your problem, right?" Let me get working on that. I'll come back to you in six months, and then you find out that really what they needed is they needed uh, a process to be digitized or automated. Mm -hmm. They didn't need like this fancy machine learning model. And then you find out that that your tool isn't very effective because yeah. you didn't sell them on why uh, they needed it or why it was going to benefit them, and so you just mm -hmm. you've spent you've just lost six months of, of time and, and 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 development. So I really like that. Um, I think you know for all of us, we can focus on really understanding the problem and exploring that fully before mm -hmm. we get into the solution building, and then also spend a lot of time on telling them why their life is going to be amazing after we've, we've spent all this time on setting up that solution. Um, I, re I also really like the point around talking about digital transformation all the time. I think you're right. As, as companies are making the shift from traditional non-digital to being digital, that is sort of a, that's a big identity shift. And the, you know, if you've gone through that, I'm sure you have, like that's something you have to self-talk yourself through a lot 
and just continually yeah. say like, okay, now we're digital first, now we're digital first, and then try to point to instances of where that's happening in the organization to help reinforce that. So now we're digital first, here's our plan, here's this great use case that Charlotte and company have been working on. Here's a great yeah. example of how we were able to take this non-digital process. Now it's digital. Here are all the benefits. And here's the other thing that we're going to be doing. And we're just going to keep doing this folks, because that's what's going to be required for us to be successful and growing in this next sort of ecosystem of digital and data products. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. You're exactly right. I mean, really showing the success, doing digital transformation incrementally and then proving the success in the organization is just like, is just killer because it does a couple of things. One, you know, it starts, gets people thinking. It's like, oh, look at that. That's interesting. I wonder if there's opportunities in my area that I can bring forward um, for digital transformation. Like, that's pretty cool um so that's that's one side of things but also like change should be incremental over time we can only withstand so much <laughs> so doing uh, both as an organization and also as people in an organization um so doing things steadily like that in small bursts driving success showing success is is really a great way to do it um and then also you know i really um Really appreciated what you said there about, you know, not potentially also in your own experience of, of not communicating um, maybe the benefits of, of a solution in the past or understanding problems. We've all done it, right? We've all jumped in and just thought about things from our perspective and been like, oh, crumbs, I should have, you know, this was a mistake. Um, and I think I see that time and time again, you know, um, more so now that I'm hyper aware of it, <laughs> is that. Um, you know, technology providers often um, focus heavily on features. Um, what, are the, what is the feature of this solution? Like, the thing that they often struggle with is meeting people where they are um, in the organization in terms of where is the organization currently? Like you said, are they ready for certain things like machine learning? Like, have they got um, everything else, all of the other ducks that they need to be aligned <laughs> first before they can even consider um, such a solution. Um, and then also, you know, from a sort of um, personal perspective as well, are you talking about, are you able to meet people where they are in terms of the language that you use, their understanding of technology? Um, are you having a normal conversation with someone, right? And what I mean by that is that very often when we go into organizations as technology providers or solution providers, we forget that people are normal human beings and just want to have a normal conversation about technology and understand um, the benefits of the solution. And we often use very sort of often unnecessary, complicated language um, to describe something that um, doesn't need to be um, discussed in such a way. And, and so what that does is drive a disconnect then between the technology provider and uh, the, the business sort of leader on the other side, where you've got this sort of odd situation where neither really understands each other very well. Um, and both are probably a bit too afraid to say that. <laughs> and so um, no one, 
the conversation just goes nowhere, you know, and that's uh, that's often a big problem. A hundred percent. A great point. I'll reiterate uh, that you want to focus on outcomes, not features, mm -hmm. or you want to focus on benefits, not features. I think for as technologists, it's very easy for us to come in with features, but you have to rearrange your pitch and say, here are the outcomes that you're going to get by using our technology. So that's a, a great Definitely. point. Definitely. And I, I think you're right. The jargon is very mm -hmm. off-putting <laughs> to a lot of users. And yeah. in my space, that's clearly evident. I can come in and I can say, hey, I'm going to put together a random forest model that's going to give you some probability of, of an event happening within a seven-day period and with this percent of confidence. Or, or I can say, hey, this tool is going to tell you when this is going to break down in the seven, next seven days. Are you interested in that? That's a much easier way to communicate what it is that you're doing to end user and um, always you know, take away the jargon and keep it simple. You're talking to a, another human being and you, you got to keep it as simple as possible. Um, uh, Charlotte, so we talked about innovation leaders and the need for them to sell uh, change internally. We, ha we have some great tips there. Um, I think the bottom line is that if you're an innovation leader, this just has to be on the top of your list. You have to think about how you're going to roll this out, how you're going to persuade companies, how you're going to sell to executives, how you're going to sell to frontline employees. I think there's another group that also can benefit from this framework, which is traditional technology providers. And I know you're doing a, a fair amount of work with those folks in helping them think about how to make the shift from just you know technology resellers and sellers to folks that are consultative and strategic partners in selling digital transformation to other, to their to their to the vendors, can you tell us a little bit about that? Well, you know what's happening. What's what what's the shift look like for these companies, and why it's so important? Yeah, sure. So, um, you know, generally when we talk about uh, you know selling digital transformation, um, certainly I think. Um, Digital, the conversation around around technology is changing often. So where once upon a time it was very much uh, IT driven, it is now driven uh, by sort of leadership in the organization. So um, it's very much a business focused conversation more often. And so more kind of traditional technology providers, um, like as we've just discussed, need a little bit more support in um, having that conversation. Um, and being able to support on a uh, business level perspective as opposed to just um, uh, sort of on the between the sort of IT teams, for example. And so um, what needs to happen then is very often um, such companies have a, you know, a great reputation in being a wonderful delivery partner, for example, but on often well known for being um, being consultative, right? So now what is happening is that um, we need to be able to sort of train those types of conversations, be able to uh, become more of that strategic partner that can really support organizations who have now shifted the conversation up to sort of a business C-level um, that want to kind of drive digital transformation uh, very strategically in the organization. That, that, those are great points. I'm seeing some folks, some mm -hmm. comments here in the chat. I, I, I was overlooking them, but maybe we can talk about these before we uh, continue. Yeah. That. But Philip here says, Charlotte, you mentioned doing digital transformation incrementally. What are some low-hanging fruit options in manufacturing, common value drivers, 
that typically bring value quickly in order to justify further investment in transformation? Yeah, you know, I get this question a lot. And um, I'm going to give like an answer that you're not going to like, but I'm going to give it anyway, because it's the one that I believe in. You know, for, I think the thing is you have to be... I don't like to be like, here's low hanging fruit generically, like have that conversation with the client and do those workshops and understand from their perspective what their low hanging fruit are. So for example, in um, some of the workshop techniques that, that we use, we will identify low hanging fruit for clients specifically um, because we, Otherwise, we're opening up the conversation potentially from my perspective in the wrong way. Um, I would be, you know, it would if I was having that conversation with um, someone on on the business side. Um, if I'm coming at them with low hanging fruit that I think or the low hanging fruit, it it potentially won't hit the mark. The way that I would flip that conversation is to be like, okay, tell me what's going on for you right now. You know, and like just sit and listen and have that conversation and have a you know a cup of tea with them or whatever, and um, and just sit and listen. And um, from that, you'll probably um, uncover what some of those um, those easy wins might be. Yeah, no, great point from Philip. Yeah, you. I, I think you want to show some wins early on to keep them motivated on the transformation yeah. because it is it can be a while for them to get to that point, right? Um, yeah. And, and it is a good point, you know, to just jump in there, like to make it clear, like after having these initial conversations with the client, Philippe, like what we do is I will have the initial conversation with the client. I'll be like, okay, tell me what's going on. I'll get them in a position where they are ready to have a sort of workshop with us around looking for digital transformation use cases. And the output of this workshop is that we work with the client to identify usually four or five use cases for technology in the organization for digital you know whatever use cases for whatever it is um and we will i will help them rank them in terms of um sort of difficulty and relative importance across the organization in a way that we identify um what will drive the highest return on investment for them but also what the low-hanging fruit are what we then do is put those use cases in a roadmap and look at in what process are we gonna um, are we gonna basically um, develop those, uh, implement them, um, and in which way will we drive the the value quickly for them? Just to give a little bit more context on that. Great. Uh, we've got a question here from Christian. There's a trade-off between getting your ducks in a row and showing value quickly. Any tips here? Um, you know, it's um, try to think really. It's a good question. I mean, like, so if I think if I think about the organisation I'm working with at the moment, which is well, one of them, the the biggest client I'm working with at the moment is a, a very large um, energy provider, renewable energy provider, and um, we're doing a couple of things. So I'm working. Um, and two parts of them. Firstly, with their internal innovation team. So the team that really drives digital transformation across the organization, a relatively new team. Um, and also, um, you know, a little bit more on sort of the operations uh, strategy side. So we're, we're working with them in a couple of different ways. The first one is 
looking at their sort of operations and, and data strategy across uh, their infrastructure and um, tools and technology. So that's that's the big kind of getting the ducks in a row side of things. Um, but what we're doing at the same time is running a workshop like I just discussed, um, where we ran uh, a series of those workshops with, the, I mean, this, this organization is huge, right? But we ran a series of these workshops um, across a few weeks in October, where, where we identified lots of different use cases for technology uh, innovation. Um, and we identified both, right? So firstly, we understood that there's loads of things that they wanted to do with technology, but first they had to drive the strategy. So to answer your question uh, directly, if you can get yourself in a position where you are a provider or you are working um, with partners where together you could potentially go in and, um, and I don't know anything about your situation specifically, um, one partner, for example, if they were particularly good at, you know, um, potentially like infrastructure strategy or data strategy, for example, could work on that side, or at the same time, you're working on smaller um, use cases for technology. So I don't think it's an either or, I think it's a one and, if that makes sense. Yeah, great, great tip. Um, and keep the questions and comments coming. These are really good questions. Thank you, Philippe and Christian, for your questions. And if you have any insights or any thoughts you want to share too, if you have any tips in terms of how you're tackling this, feel free to drop it in the, in the comment section yeah, as, as well. Um, uh, Charlotte, going back to uh, traditional technology providers, what are they getting wrong about selling digital transformation? Where Where's like the biggest like misconception that you, that you have to clear out, uh, clear up as soon as you start working with them? <laughs> Yeah, I think we've we've spoken about quite a lot of it already. I think it's some of the um, how you're selling your solutions, like what you think people need versus what you um, what you think that they need <laughs> is the biggest one. Um, and also remembering that one um, <laughs> one of the big ones has just come to mind is um, cultivating stakeholder relationships. Um, is something that I see people struggle with time and time again. You know, I think um, often when people are from, and we're wildly generalizing here, but um, or from more of a technical background, it's often um, not a skill <laughs> that um, is, is very well possessed. And so um, that's something that I see people people struggle with a little bit because we, we need to remember that everything that we do, um, regardless of whether it's you know involving technology or not, is always driven by people, the success of which will fall on people. And so I see um, I see all the time you know technology providers um, pitching solutions uh, to organizations, um, not really having the, um, the stakeholder relationships that they need in order to, to do that, first of all. But then secondly, you know, if for by some sort of slight miracle that they do manage to um, sell something in on that basis, they're not really then cultivating the relationships across the organization that they need to to continue being a trusted provider in that organization. So thinking about themselves, not just as a provider, but also as a coach, 
um, as a therapist at times <laughs> for people in the organization um, and really knowing that the strength of our uh, success is, is built on those relationships. Two gems, absolutely, Charlotte, spot on. I'm wondering if you can talk about cultivating stakeholder relationships as you're, mm -hmm. as you're get, starting a, um, an engagement with the company. A, how do you know whether you've done that? And, and you know, what's the test, the litmus test that you might mm -hmm. have for a salesperson? And B, any techniques or methods that you would recommend um, uh, a, a team implementing to, 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 to get at that, a, a rich um, stakeholder relationship? Yeah. Um, so to answer your first question, how do you know that you've done that? Um, my clients come to me with questions, you know, um, they, yeah, they ask me, they ask me, they come to me and they're like, what do you think? You know, they'll ask your opinion. And I think that's how you know you've built a relationship on trust, you know, is that someone will come to you and ask for your opinion before moving forward with something. And that's, I think that's a big one. Um, how do you create strong stakeholder relationships? Well, I just mentioned it briefly, it's trust, right? So everything that you do, um, I always think about it like this. A strong relationship is always built on, on a found, strong foundation of trust, right? So every interaction that you have with someone on a daily basis is either adding to a trust spot or taking it away, right? And at the start, there's nothing in it. And so your job as a provider, as a decent human being <laughs> in this situation is to keep adding to that pot all the time, right? Um, and the way that you con continue to build those relationships is, well, how do you build a good relationship at, across any area of your life? You know, you um, show that you are caring about the person, that you care about their needs more than yours, okay? Um, you understand them. So going back to the problem discovery side of things, what's important to them? more than important to you. Um, and then that you're reliable, that you show up and you do what you say that you're gonna do um, and that they can trust you. So every interaction that you have should be kind of based on those uh, trust building principles and that will definitely help you drive relationships. Yes, that's I, I a, a good tip is, is building trust with these stakeholders. Um, I find that the best way to do that, at least for me in my instance, is to but try to add value uh, to these folks outside of my narrow domain expertise. So I can, of course, I can talk about AI machine learning for say fleet operations, but I, I, I want to appreciate the full world of, of my innovation leader um, client. And I want to just be abreast of what's going on in their space and send them interesting articles or uh, be willing to feel the call that they might, uh, or a question that they might have around uh, a competitor or a new function or a new product mm -hmm. and you're just I, I think you know you're right if they're if they're comfortable coming to you and just asking you for your advice you're you're more in an advisory type of role Definitely. and when it comes around when it comes around to implementing the technology you're going to be top of mind and saying oh yeah obviously we have to go with Manny and company on, on this particular deal yeah absolutely and I love that money I love um the points you made there about like even putting their best interest first, even if that means, you know, sharing um, something from another provider, 
you know, that might not be in your best interest, but might be in theirs, for example, like things like that, like you said, adding to the trust pot that might not be right now the best thing for you, but in the future it would be. Because like you said, they'll come back to you and they'll they'll remember that. Right. And then I, I think this other point too is, is really good around uh, around cultivating relationships within the broader organization past that initial engagement. Mm-hmm. Any techniques or tips around that in terms of how to do that? Yeah, I just, you know, have a chat with people, man. Like, honestly, like, I mean, it's it depends. Like, now um, a lot of the work that I do is remote. But, you know, certainly before that, I'd always kind of walk around companies, you know, like talk to people, like talk to people like while they're getting a coffee, talk to understand what's happening right in the organization and um, and start conversations like that. Like just just be curious more than anything. Um, But then also just. I'm just trying to think, you know, it's happened very, very um, easily in one of the, you know, certainly one of the accounts that I'm in at the moment where I just seem to be um, all over this this organization in, you know, in a really good way. Um, and I'm just trying to think, like, how did that even happen? You know, and I think um, while we were running different workshops, for example, you know, I'll ask people about themselves, like, tell me about you, like, what's, what's going on in your world? And, um, and once you start just being curious about people like genuinely curious and caring about them um you start to find out what's going on in different areas of the organization right and none of these other opportunities i actively went after they came to me they came to us because they were like oh yeah i remember you know talking she was saying xyz about this thing um does that help i sort of (laughs) It's, like, it. it's, it's so it's so obvious, but it's also so hard to do. But it's I, I, I almost think it like people centered selling or something like that. It's um it's this idea that hey yeah you're selling a, te- a technology, but mm-hmm. really you know you have to make sure you're focusing on people, a uh, different uh, folks that you come into contact with when you're selling when you're in that initial engagement. You show uh, curiosity around their their problems and what they're doing. You strike up conversations. You try to be helpful and useful where you can, and that'll just uncover new ways for you to work together and to be helpful to, to that company. And I think it's one of those things that is, you know, if you're tracking key metrics, like you know, number of coffees that you've had within a company with with key folks. Maybe it's not like a key metric that anybody's going to track, but that can potentially yield a, a, a tremendous amount of value over the long haul not over weeks or months, but over six months, a year, those coffees, those engagements, those emails, follow-ups that you did, um, those questions, they're, Mm -hmm. they're going to come back to you many times over, you know, as, as these budgets become available and and as, as these um, projects are getting traction. Yeah. Yeah. You're absolutely right. You know, and that's, um, you've hit the nail on the head there at well. And I think always just, I never think about it in terms of this conversation is going to come back to me. I think that's a really like, I know you didn't mean it that way at all, but like, it's just not, it's just not a way that I think, I think just, like I said, lead with curiosity, lead with like, just what's going on for you, you know? Um, 
And like you said, it will come with, be, you know, be a curious, be a good person, and that will come back to you. That that's great. And and I'm so I'm such a quantitative person. My mom was thinking, like, how would I track this? Like over like this past week, I had two coffees with yeah. uh, these people from other departments within this company. That's winning. Um, so maybe offline, you can tell me about like n- numbers that I can track so I can keep myself <laughs> on, under this, you know, this data science mind. Um, uh, so I, Charlotte, I know you have a big project rolling out the digital transformation sales school. Yeah. Tell us about that. Um, what's the program about? Who is it for? Um, uh, give, get us up to speed on it. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so I initially built this, um, for me. <laughs> so this was the training program that did not exist when I was going through corporate, you know, and um, first of all, um, you know, my uh, leaders at the time would be, you know, there was very much a, a view of everyone sells. And I'd be like, yeah, yeah, great. But like, how though? <laughs> you know, like, that is the question. Um, so firstly, you know, it was built, built um, based on my own learnings of how to actually sell digital uh, technology successfully in an organization from an advisory first perspective. Um, what then happened was, you know, I was successfully driving, um, running digital transformation accounts in organizations and uh, technology providers um, that I was working with were like, well, you know, will you work with us in, in terms of being a partner to, to support us in client engagements? But I mean, the problem is there's only one of me, right? So um, what then happened was that um, scaled into, well, can you can you help us train our employees to do what you do successfully? So all the things that we've been talking about, Manny, having those sales conversations, driving initiatives, helping organizations work out what those initiatives are and then how you measure them and drive them through to success. Um, and so this process, you know, I've trained um, probably, I think, around coming up to sort of uh, 200 uh, people in this way, this methodology um, and process. And so uh, we've thrown it all into uh, a very comprehensive online program. Uh, it's got literally all of the templates that I use um, as a consultant. So you can pick it up, a recipe kit, and go and um, drive digital transformation engagements successfully. But it really is a pre-sales tool for digital transformation engagements. Mm-hmm. So. How do you uncover problems? How do you help an organization um, create a set of viable use cases that they are bought into effectively? How do you run those workshops? How do you um, drive the technology initiatives in terms of like um, actual design and implementation? Uh, How do you do that effectively? What do the commercials look like around it? Um, And how do you gain investment post um, initial engagement so that you're setting yourself up for long-term client account success. So it is a one-stop shop for everything digital transformation sales, basically. And I absolutely love it. <laughs> that That's great. And um, this is a new program that you're rolling out. Is there um, an ideal... Is there an ideal role that 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 would benefit from this? Um, yeah, is this like a, a pre-sales engineering manager or is it a consultant within a, a a technology provider provider or is it a salesperson what's the the role yeah. that would or roles that would benefit from from the program 
Yeah, it's generally um, more um, digital sort of, well, technology sales consultants, advisory consultants, um, or technical providers who have consultative teams type people or technology orientated people that want to be able to sell more digital transformation solutions, basically. Gotcha. Awesome. Where, where can people find more? Do you have a website we can point them towards? Yeah. So I'm at uh, charlottefuller.com. Um, we are currently updating it this week, um, but you can also find more information about it by just getting in touch with me on LinkedIn. So Charlotte Fuller, digital strategist, um, and you can ping us uh, a DM with Sales School, and we will give you all of the all of the juicy information. Awesome. Yes. Uh, CharlotteFuller.com. I just got it on a ticker so people can go there to get mm -hmm. updated on, 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 on uh, this program and other events that Charlie has coming out. And also definitely follow her on LinkedIn uh, or connect with her on, on LinkedIn. Um, Charlotte, we're coming up on time. Um, I guess my, my uh, the, 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 maybe one question to kind of wrap up, wrap up on is... Um, any 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 advice you would give like what's like the number one piece of advice you would give your younger self starting as a as a technology consultant if you if you had to kind of go back and, and do that what's kind of like been the big kind of the biggest realization now that you're a professional and seasoned and you're helping other folks um get to get to where you are yeah i think there's a couple of things the first one is around um you know, as, as we keep discussing as people, you know, like just know that you're dealing with people and um, find, like, find out what they want. <laughs> um, find out what they want and help them with it. Um, that will help you drive anything. And then also, you know, I think I would always touch on um, some of the, the confidence issues um, for my younger self. So I think, you know, often, um, whoever we are, um, but often, um, you know, as technologists um, dealing with different organizations, particularly in um, if we are a service provider or a consultant and we are dealing with lots of different um, types of people and types of environments, you don't have to know everything and everyone feels uncomfortable. <laughs> Right. A lot of the time. And you can still do okay. Like everyone feels the same way. Um, and I think those are the sort of main things that I would I would tell myself. <laughs> those are great points. You had an uh, earlier phrase in their conversation, something to the effect of digital transformation to people. So like you don't want to do digital transformation to people. Maybe the maybe the way to phrase it is what you want to do is you want to do digital transformation for people. So now and with them. Or, yeah. Or or with them. Ah, that's even better. Yeah. Digital transformation with people, not digital transformation to people. So yeah. maybe a, a little bit of a of a tagline for you. I really like Love that. It. Your slogan. <laughs> that's great. Um, Charlotte, thank you so much for coming on the show. I very much enjoyed uh, learning about your program and what you're doing and the great tidbits around selling digital transformation. Um the the replay will be up shortly on this and uh, definitely be sure to follow charlotte on linkedin and connect with her on linkedin and also uh, head over to charlottefuller.com for more information uh um with that thank you charlotte for coming on the show really appreciate it thanks money absolutely loved it